I'm Leon Davis, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment, the weekly podcast about people, politics, and professions. I do want you to know that um, Altitude Adjustment is for mature audiences only. Uh, some people might be offended by some of the material and content within the podcast, so please be advised. It is 2 p.m. on the Saturday, November 28th. This will be our last show for uh, 2020. We'll be back on January the 16th um, to start a new show. And today's show, we're going to do a, a recap, kind of a kind of a recap. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the stories that we've talked about over the, the, the past year. And we are glad to have you with us, and we hope you'll stick around. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. All right, somehow. Okay, thanks a lot for joining me today. <laughs> um, so one of the things, uh, the beauty of, I, I really love doing this show, and I'm guessing that you guys do too, because you keep showing up every week. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so so the beauty of doing this show, um, Warren, you know, we, we send each other clips and stuff. Um, so during the during the week, we determine what we're going to talk about on the weekend, and then we may share some of our research. We we try not to have the conversation ahead of time, so that we can have the conversation in front of the audience and that they get our natural reactions and responses, and it's not pre-programmed. Now, um, and with that being said, today Warren ran across a clip and I am working on it. So at this current situation, um, they're not able to, if I play a, a, a clip here, they're not able to hear it and I need to fix that. And so that's uh, one of the things I'm gonna be working on during our six week uh, break. But a Warren sent a clip uh, about in the, the, the guy that was talking was Kyle Kulinski. K-U-L-I-N-I-S-K-I. Kulinski, L-I-N-K-S-I, yeah. And he's, um, so I, I, I hate to throw labels on anybody, but he seems to be um, left-leaning or uh, I hate the term progressive, I hate the term you know, left-leaning, but he's not conservative. And... <laughs> So, so one of the, um, so CNN was interviewing a new senator uh, who's uh, a progressive. And what happened was, is that the conversation, uh, the, the Jamal, what was his name? Jamal Bowman started, yeah, yeah started just, you know, a laundry list of things that he didn't like about Rahm Emanuel, who was going to be joining Joe Biden in his cabinet. Um, so during that diatribe, and that, that may come across as opinionated, but during his, his <clears throat> you know, making that statement, he started railing against Rahm Emanuel and his feed, 
broke. Um, so then this Kalinsky guy started, and he admitted at the top of that, hey, Lynn, you with us? Leonard? I'm with you. Okay. I'm here. Okay, very good. And so... Um, I'm listening. I got you. I got you. Um, okay. So uh, this Kalinsky guy admitted that he didn't uh, listen to see if the guy, if CNN, because so CNN went to break once the, the feed was dropped. So, so the guy admitted that he didn't know if CNN, if it was, if it was CNN's fault, he didn't know if CNN fixed the problem. He didn't stay around after the comment to, um, determine if that was an issue. And, and he went into this whole thing about if CNN did this and, and if CNN, if CNN, uh, did cut the feed. And so basically to me, that is a conspiracy theory because he went into why CNN might have done this or might not have done this. And, and that is what I am hoping to avoid, uh, in this podcast is that making those assumptions based on little or no evidence. And, um, and I'm, and I'm really sad that I, I'm not able to show that clip. Um, but I, but I am able to talk about my approach to the topics that we've covered is to try to, um, shed light on it, maybe ask some questions about it, but not make conspiracy theories that might cause more harm than is good. Is that, you know, have you guys found me to be that way? No, you wanted to make sure we had information or evidence before we jumped out and made statements. If you didn't agree, you would always say, that there's no evidence to that. Like that time when me and you disagreed on whether or not all the people could agree on one thing or another. Mm -hmm. And I kept saying no, because there's nothing in American history where the whole population agreed to it. You kept disagreeing with me saying, no, we don't have no evidence to that. We don't have this and that. And I said, okay, on strictly that point, but just as a matter of you can have any issue where there's people voting on it. You'll always find someone to be for it and someone to be against it. Uh, so that's an that's that's an example of you, you know, saying, "Hey, where's the information? Where's the evidence coming from?" Mm -hmm. And then you telling me this guy against CNN. That's one of those networks that Trump pig all oh, is fake news and false news and all that. So it tells me him doing that, probably a Trump supporter. No, he's and a he's a left wing. He's supposedly oh, he's a, he's supposedly democratic. Supporter. He's just he's not a what what and like Leon said, we hate the labels, but he's not a corporate democrat that this falls in line with the the party. Oh, he, he considers himself a progressive. <laughs> and so he figures anything that happens to progressives on the corporate side was some, some, you know, conspiracy to try to silence the, the non-progressive party. 
committee exactly. to silence the progressive well, party. Some, right. There's some people that always, they're not happy that people just disagree. They always got to try to make a fight out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can understand progressives being upset, but you just had a major victory. Now ain't the time for y'all to go tear each other up. You still got a lot of work to do. Well, so you think that you need to combine and work. You you think the progressives believe that Joe Biden was a victory? Nope. <laughs> I just dis- disagree a with lot of pro- uh, <laughs> they they rather have Joe Biden in office than Donald Trump. I understand that. I I, now, I agree with there's you. There's a lot. There's a lot. Okay, there's a lot that that Joe Biden have agreed with that is not progressive. Mm-hmm. Like he said up there, ran his mouth about Medicare for all mm-hmm. in the debates. Now, if he mm-hmm. tried to pass something to get everybody insurance, they're going to hit him with that mm-hmm. because he didn't think about. He, he thought about the primaries, but he didn't think about what happens afterward. And then with Joe Biden, you're not going to get a progressive, what we call a progressive Democrat. You're going to get somebody who spent over 30 years in the Senate making deals and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. It's just that he come into a Republican Party. That's not what he used to dealing with. They're hardcore. We don't make deals. Uh uh, any kind of compromise is a dirty word. I they get that. Started that, but I think that with, with Obama in office, I think that uh, I don't think that progressives believe that Joe Biden was a victory for them. I think that they saw uh, getting Trump out of office as a step in the right direction. Exactly. But they didn't see Biden as a victory. Right. They're 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 really it's unhappy. A step in the right direction. Right, and I the step in the right direction. Hold Biden and the Democrats accountable for things that haven't been addressed yet, and you got four years to deal with it. So right. four years from now, I think you're going to be looking at an even bigger uh, challenge for the Democrats because uh, Trump they, Trump should have gotten trounced, but he didn't. But he didn't. So that tells you there's a lot of work. Well, to- <laughs> done. There's a lot of work to be done, but you got to remember with four years of Trump being who he was, he spoke to a part of our society, our country, that had been silent for a while. And, I, and I disagree with that completely. Come on out and be who you are. I disagree with that, that, that they were silent. They, they have been just as vocal as every other aspect of society. It's just that a lot of their ideas were regressive. They weren't progressive. They were regressive. They were taking us backwards from accepting, um, from, from a more accepting society. So they 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 didn't want to expand the idea of marriage. They didn't want to ex- accept minority groups. They didn't want to deal with, uh, you know, they wanted their approach to integration or uh, immigration was something out of the fifties. Remember when when Chinese weren't allowed in, where when mm-hmm. um, Italians weren't allowed in, when uh, Irish weren't allowed in. That's where they wanted to go back to. And it's not that they were silent; mm-hmm. it's just that they weren't. Their voice wasn't as loud. And so, yeah. well, they got yeah. someone. They got someone in office 
that gave voice to the most regressive parts of our society. You got you. He came out and said, "Okay, this is what we're gonna do. Let's do this." And he's still trying to do it. The election was stolen from him. He started from the jump street. If he lost, he was gonna go with you stole the election from us. It was a thief. It, it was whatever. When I think a very uh, a great example of stealing an election was, was when the Supreme Court gave George Bush the election in 2000 over Al Gore. That was stealing an election. So you had something you want to and, say, Warren? No, I was I was just going to say that uh, I was listening to Trump as soon as he got the mic. And as soon as those words came out of his mouth, I knew it was on. I say he's saying what a whole lot of people want to get behind. And it it was I was right. We're gonna build a wall. Mexicans are rapists and murderers. He was talking to a bunch of people that wanted to uh somebody to uh back them up. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's not nowadays, it's not the Europeans or the necessarily well to some people it's the chinese but the main focus right now is black and brown and they're they're targeting us and then the the asians and others are kind of on the back end but they don't like them either but they're not being Mm -hmm. vocal because they have more power than we do because the asians have more power or because yeah yeah they they have they're unified economically Mm-hmm. And so they can't hurt them the way they hurt us, you know, as, as a, an entire uh, group, you know, mm-hmm. they may suffer, but you know, it ain't like they're not in the, in the S hole nation category, you know, they're not trying to cross the border in, in huge numbers. They get in other ways. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're in a different category. Yeah. So, um, my thought on that too is, uh, If they can, if they if they stop the the, the um, trans border um, movement from mm-hmm. south from south, they'll start mm-hmm. to, to they'll start to um, stop immigration in those other methods. They'll stop, you know, because they've already tried. You know, Trump already tried to stop Muslims from coming into the country. Mm-hmm. You know, the next and is the court system stopped them on that. Huh? Well, it, I said, of course, this was Dr. Mornette, but also George Bush, the son, tried to fix our so-called immigration problems, and it was his own party, the conservatives, that went against him because they were the business class and they could get that cheap labor. Mm-hmm. So they thwarted him from fixing the so-called immigration problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, from, you know, separating families at the border, he came out and said, well, it was the Democrats that built the cages or whatever, but you forget you the one that made use, for, you made use of them. <laughs> and you put kids in cages, you put adults in cages, you put, your answer to it was to put people in cages. To put people in cages. Your, you know, your answer was always to get in the middle it stopped stuff from happening so it didn't happen. Uh, 
like that TSA lady, it was her job to ascertain who lost and who won the election. And then all of the vote was in by November the 7th. But she held up everything to try to give Trump his, to let these bullcrap cases go through in the court. And it's just amazing that most of the judges who had that stuff out of court were Federalist Society uh, Republican judges. Some who he picked, a lot who were picked by George Bush, they said, okay, you come in the court, this isn't a press conference. You come in the court, you need evidence. Exactly. And how many times, and how many times those judges say, oh, so this is, uh, this is vote fraud. Well, no, Trump's lawyer has said this is not a fraud case. This is not a vote fraud case. And the judges basically had to throw it out. Right. They had to throw it out because in the papers you led vote fraud. They haven't shown one case of vote fraud, but but somehow Trump knows he can get these people behind them without showing them evidence. It's yeah. just that in the courtrooms, he had to show evidence. Like he keeps talking about Obama spied on his campaign uh, when he was running against Hillary Clinton. He's never shown not one bit of evidence. And right. frankly, I would like to see a judge say, no, you bring him in court. I don't want to see the lawyer. And then they need to tell him from the jump street, and I don't know if this is legal or not, say, before you make one argument, you have proof of your case. If you don't, we're throwing you in jail. Yeah, but you can't you bring us some. You I, our our legal money. system is not going to allow that because you, if you do that to the president, you'd have to it do it to every. Won't. You'd have to do that to every citizen for every lawsuit, and you know we're not going to throw people in jail for frivolous lawsuits. The idea is yeah. to stop the frivolous lawsuit. Uh, so one of well, the things I, that I, what I, what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is you give them a chance to say under oath, okay, you're alleging what give us your evidence. I, I understand. Give that. us your evidence. I understand. I understand. And that, when you but, can't, but, when you can't but the solution that you evidence, were but the solution that you were, you know, putting forth was not a solution that we could even um seriously entertain because you know it means putting good folks in jail because they have a frivolous lawsuit. And that's like lock her up. <laughs> yeah, that's like lock her up. So, but but well, one of the things that I wanted to it's cover. It's amazing was, that the people. Well, hold on, then. It's amazing. You, you're dominating the, the conversation. Lock her up. You're dominating the conversation. Share it with <laughs> us. Is that cool? Okay. Okay. Um, so so one of the things that we did last week, we talked about, um. Cardi B, because that was yeah. the, the WAP show last week, wasn't it? The WAP. Well, that yes. was show before last. Was show before last. Okay. And so okay. this Kalinsky guy um, kind of made me think, you know, we brought, you. somebody brought up the fact that Cardi B had had some um, illegal activity in her past. And I and didn't. Huh? Alleged. I didn't challenge um, that information, and I, I wasn't able to vet that information beforehand. Mm -hmm. To so so, 
whoever brought that up, please mm-hmm. share where you got that information so that so that we understand that um, that that we're making at least an attempt to validate information before we try to you know put it out there. Right, right, and and I think okay, I brought it up, but what I said was not it wasn't really illegal activity. It was talk about illegal activity. So I think there's a little different situation. Okay. So, and, and it could, it may or may not have happened, but there, there was just conversation about it. Things that she is uh, reputed to have been done. So know, where did you get that? Before. Where did you get that information? Uh, gosh, uh, it was probably on a podcast when folks were talking about her. I, and I don't remember the source, but uh, okay. it, it, we can, I can research it and try to come up with something, but you know, this, no, this I, was kind of, I, I, so what I want to do from, the, you know, from going forward, and this is probably something we should do off air, but yeah. uh, for us to, to make sure that information that we present about somebody that we've got at least two, two or three good, uh, reliable sources of where that okay. information come from. Cause there's a lot of things that, that I come across that I think are interesting for us to talk about. But because I can't get two or three sources, um, mm-hmm. you know, I leave it off the podcast. Okay. So, um, so is there any any particular story that we've covered in our time together that really stands out to you guys? Uh, yeah, the car lady story mm-hmm. that was done. Is it Ellen Reasonover? Ellen Merriweather. Very good. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, just the just the fact that she said she's had to work, she had to go through all of this, and like you have to sell so many cars before you get to the point you give you a commission in the car game. Uh, and then she still have to put up with all of the misogyny. Uh, misogyny that comes with it and that guy still just want to try to get her in bed and everything and she's just like no i'm here to do a job i'm here to be a professional i'm here to show you i can i can sell your cars and make you money and and and, and do my work so she was definitely a very impressive guest from my point of view so, so, so she, my, she was definitely impressive. Sure. So my take, my take on that. Um, so, so when, when I, I think I showed uh, the uh, Facebook exchange um, that her and I had, which is why I asked her to come on to the show. Um, and so one of the questions that I asked her was, you know, what is your proof? You know, because she mentioned that she felt that other women were experiencing that. And it's not that I don't think Mm -hmm. that that is true. Mm -hmm. It's just I wasn't as convinced after talking to her that she had firsthand knowledge of that happening. Of other women being of other women being treated, being 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 read being harassed that you know trading sex for support 
And, and, I, and it's not that I don't believe that, that it's happening. Um, there are many instances um, during this Me Too era where people have talked about their experiences. And so it's not unreasonable to believe that there are women who are experiencing that. It's just when you make the claim, hopefully you have more information. And maybe she just didn't want to share that information. You know, sure. maybe it was sensitive. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, especially if uh, the person is trying to still function within that framework, uh, make a living every day, and all of a sudden this comes out, it's mm -hmm. retaliation is definitely out there. And what I was thinking was, you know, I think in this particular situation, what it's probably going to take is a real Me Too moment where there's a big case against a big dealer or something like that that blows everything up and then people start come out of the closet, step up for, hey, well, this has been happening to me. This happened to me. Right now, there's no real, there's no real opportunity for any um, benefit, you know, other than put the bring the heat on themselves. So, of course, uh, if there's other women out there, I think they're just uh, not willing to step forward for that reason. You know, they 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 have to make a living and they don't want to get blackballed, which is what happens when well, you step out. Yeah, we had a case like that here locally against a Chevy dealer. And I just remember the commercials for this particular dealer. Hmm. The women, the woman who was there in the in a management position for that dealer used to do them. And then now it's the owner who does all the commercials for him. And you know, I just remember hearing on news or reading the newspaper. She filed a harassment suit against this guy. And since I don't know for sure what happened at the end, I won't mention the names up here per se, but I remember that coming out and it, and it didn't produce the type of Me Too movement that you were talking about. Because I, I was looking for it to happen and, and it never materialized. So this is a local dealer, you, you're saying? Yeah. Illinois and Missouri. Huh? Illinois and Missouri. In Missouri. Okay. Yes. Pretty big one. Yeah. Oh, Maybe okay. uh, we can look into that and uh, come up with something for next season. That That is always That's a possibility. That's a possibility. Now that you... Now that you mention that, I, I'll take that project over to see. And I do know a few car salesmen. I don't know if any of them will be <laughs> willing to step forward and, and bring the heat conversation. Yeah. yeah. Step into the fire. Well, <laughs> off of off the air, you and I will talk. Yeah. I'll give you I'll give you the names and sure. you can talk to your car salesman, your car salesman buddies, and see if they heard about anything about it, what happened. Yeah, yeah. I got a feeling that's going to be like, oh, no, no, man. I, you know, like, <laughs> I don't want to touch that. No, no, no. <laughs> and that's and that's the and that's the um, the I think the interesting part and in, in that, you know, we, we're we are trying to address issues that may come back and bite us that just may. Um, and I, and and right. and and my thought is, is that we make sure 
that whatever we say or whatever we put forward, that we have some way to validate why we said that. Um, and right. so, and so, you know, that's why, you know, the research is important. Um, yeah. and hopefully we can, you know, get some help with the research. Um, sure. you know, cause, cause there's a lot of information. We are in a world where there is just tons of information. And the difficulty is knowing what's valid information and what's not valid information. Because just mm -hmm. because CNN put it on, you know, how many times have you, um, I don't know if you remember the, the New York, New York Post or New York Times years ago, um, they, uh, uh, there was a, a reporter that uh, was fired because he was making up stories. <laughs> mm. You know, so, so, so that's why, you know, you, you, I think, you know, using multiple sources, uh, there, there have been, you know, times when CNN has had to retract information because they didn't do all of the proper research and stuff. Um, and so, so it's, it's, important i think to that trust and and that has been probably if i look back at the whole of this the podcast i've been doing podcasting for three years we're headed into our fourth year um that to try to build trust is it takes years and years to build trust it takes one sentence to destroy trust mm. and okay. yeah so 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 i want to build the trust i want to, us to have a podcast that where we examine issues we examine ideas <clears throat> and that we bring forth ideas and, and the whole idea is to try to help people make better decisions but they have to trust and i, I think that's part of what uh trump took advantage of was distrust mm, definitely definitely mm -hmm. the whole idea well, just like you know, what just like you mentioned this thing with uh trust or with trump i just remember the big stuff that came out about his recent interview with 60 minutes and leslie star mm -hmm. and like she said she told him from the get-go i'm going to ask you tough questions and he, his first thing when he got asked that question, well, you didn't do this to Joe Biden and you didn't do this to this people. You're the president of the United States. You're supposed to be willing to ask, to be asked tough questions. And she said, do you remember what you said to me years ago? That you had to come to me and do what you did because when you actually said the media is a fake media so people will believe you. So he knew what that tells me, he knew he was going to do this, and this was be an, a, a weapon in his arsenal mm -hmm. that he was going to say one of the major news report agencies, they're fake news, fake media, and that's what he'd been doing ever since he got in. He only allowed Fox News to get away, and I just remember some years back that, you know, was reading the thing, Fox News wasn't allowed to broadcast in Canada because in Canada, as a news organization, 
you broadcasting the news, one of their things is you have to tell truth. You can't be what they used to call back in the early 20th century, yellow dog journalism or muckraker journalism. Mm -hmm. You had to tell truth. Well, the current example of that type of journalism is uh, tabloid. Yeah. Tabloid journalism is that old muckraker yellow dog journalism. It's where you, yeah. you, you make up a hypothesis and you don't have to supply any real evidence, just enough in, in, uh, innuendo yeah. that people are going right. to buy it. Sure. Right. And, and. Because it was a. I just remember there was a, one of these right wing commentators. I forgot his name. Glenn Beck. Who used to be on all the time and you don't see him so much anymore. Well, he's on he's and, he started his own network, but go ahead. Right. Okay. And so he was like, he said some stuff, and like Whoopi Goldberg and Joyce Joy Behar encountered him one time. And he said, Well, then he tried to say, I'm not a news reporter, mm -hmm. I'm just a commentator. Mm -hmm. I don't have to tell out the truth. I just have to commentate. Mm -hmm. But until they ground him against the wall, he wanted to pretend like everything I said was new. Right. It was fact. And, and I'm a reliable source to get mm -hmm. your news. Uh, sure. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and when they when He's not the only one like that. Against the wall. Huh? He's not the only one like that right now. Fox News yeah. has two of them. They have uh, Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram. Yes. You know, yes. They, yep. they, they, yeah. uh, lawyers argued in court that Tucker Carlson, that people uh, should not believe what Tucker Carlson says because he's not, you know, a news person. He's, people right. know that he's, that um, a lot of the stuff that he says is, is a fact, but yet he will never say, you know, what I'm telling you isn't fact. I'm just, you know, it's just my opinion. Right. But he'll speak as if everything he says is fact, it's, it's grounded in fact. And Laura Ingram's the exact same way. And what was funny that you mentioned that both of them two tried to go against Trump and say, by all evidence, Trump lost the election. You need to step down and quit being, you know, going through all this and Trump attacked him, mm -hmm. basically verbally attacked. And they both, they both held and carried this man's water as long as they could. When it was just obvious that Trump, you don't have a legal leg to stand on, and they both mentioned that, then you know it came, he came after them basically. Yeah, of course. And so that's why he's talking about making his own network when he leaves the White House and all of this stuff, because mm -hmm. Fox News, the the people there are starting to decide maybe I want to be a real journalist now instead of a muckraker. I don't know if they want to be a real journalist or if they just see it's time to move on to the next, you know, faux argument. 
They just want to make money, man, and get paid. That's what the bottom line is. Okay. <laughs> it's all about the dollars, man. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know if I understand that there's the dollar aspect of it. Um, but I, I, I see a bit of activism. So like Laura Ingram came from conservative talk radio. Mm -hmm. And while she is making probably more money now, mm -hmm. her opinions haven't changed. So that says nope. to me that she's that whatever ideology that she has or has been using, it's still her ideology. And maybe she's leaning more into it because of the money. But I think her ideology is her ideology uh, sans money, without the money. So Oh, I agree. I agree with that 100%. But I I don't think for one minute the, uh, the money's not in pushing them that much harder. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, money is a motivator. It yeah. is a motivator. It is a... Um, you know, it, it does capture people's um, allegiance. And so, yeah. In fact, I would go as far as to say, in my opinion, when I'm listening to guys like, uh, well, my wife likes to listen to 700 Club. Okay. So, mm -hmm. no disrespect to mm -hmm. them. But when I started hearing Pat Roberts uh, praying for Trump, and the election to be overturned or go his way, I had to step back and I'm like, wow, are you really that serious about this that you feel he should win? Or what is the motive here behind all of this? You know, you supporting this guy, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of confusing Leonard as a Christian. What, what's the motivation behind these conservative uh, religious people supporting these Republicans? Well, I got to get you. There's a guy that did a brilliant series of YouTube videos on that. The mm -hmm. history of conservative, basically why whites tend to go conservative. Mm-hmm. And be so be Christian and vote for conservative candidates, and why blacks can be Christians and tend not to. Uh, <clears throat> Pat Robertson, I quit even paying attention to years ago because he was always talking about this person needs to be killed, and that person needs to be killed, and this, that, and the other, and. You know, just the two different ways he talked about uh, Michelle Obama and Donald Trump's wife are doing the same thing, wearing dresses that show their arms. And he said Michelle Obama looks something like an ape or a monkey. Who said that? Pat Robertson. He actually said that. And, he actually said that. Yeah. Wow. And Michelle, <laughs> you could tell her arms, her arms are built because she lifted weights with them. She, so, you know, you could, you look at it, you could tell she does some exercise. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Pat Robertson, to me, is as full Christian as it gets. He, he's not a, he's not somebody I would listen to 
to, you know, as a Christian man, that I would pay any attention to. He's not somebody I would. Uh, if you're white and conservative, yeah, Pat Robinson will be the, the greatest thing for you to slice bread. Uh, so, you know, they, they, they take Donald Trump, they take this thing like this storefront preacher that took Donald Trump and supposedly baptized him two or three months before he took office, after the election and before he took office. <clears throat> now, these conservative Christians were all over Obama talking about he's a Muslim and he's this, he's that. And that man's been a Christian for years. Even Hillary tried to attack him when the, he was running when Hillary was running against Hillary for the Democratic nomination. Oh, Obama's uh, his, his his pastor, and you got to link it with his pastor because the man said, "God, everybody keeps saying God bless America, but God damn America for all the things it did." Oh yeah, and you know what people didn't remember is this pastor Jeremiah Wright after he finished his first tour now. He did one or two more. He was a, a Marine Navy Corpsman. Mm -hmm. He came back and got his doctor license. He was a practicing physician. And he became a pastor. This man paid his dues. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Hillary, on the other hand, but see, all of that stuff came back to Biden. <clears throat> she didn't beat Trump because one of the major voting blocks she needed, black men, she had called them super predators when she was trying to pass, help pass her husband's crime bill, which, you know, and and all of that. And then you want to do a, oh, sorrowful, I'm sorry, when you're running for president. Uh, she was lazy. There was just areas she didn't hit, she didn't visit. And people are funny. You have to go visit them. You got to go show your care. You got to go hold their hands or else they won't vote for you. Like a lot of the Hispanic people in uh, Dade County down in Florida because Biden didn't get there. And what a lot of the, that's the big argument we had touched on before between conserve, uh, between progressive Democrats and not progressive. The, the older Democrats from like Joe Biden and Diane Feinstein and Hillary Clinton, they won't get around and hold all these different people by hand. The Republicans started doing it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So we're going to take a so, quick break. We're going to take a okay. quick break. And then when we come back from break, we're going to ask Warren what he, one episode that stood out in his mind. Experience Altitude Adjustment, a weekly podcast about people, politics, and, and professions. It's, it's built, built around, around user, user interaction. Content. So join the conversation by visiting the lion's den stl.wixsite.com forward slash home all right mr warren any any episodes stand out in your mind wow you caught me off guard with that one um, oh you mean you mean the 45 I, minutes ago when i asked leonard didn't cue you <laughs> yeah well you know I, yeah but i still um didn't it i hadn't narrowed it down That's but anyway enough. um let me let me hit this right quick. Okay. <clears throat> I was talking about Pat Robertson before you, you took a break and uh, mm -hmm. Leonard got into the whole thing. But anybody got an idea what this guy's net worth is worth is valued at? Pat Robertson? 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm Seven hundred sure million. Quite a few millions of dollars. Two hundred million and one billion, somewhere in between. <laughs> Two hundred million and one billion. Yeah. That, yeah. That's that's including much, the school and the church, right? How much of that money influences this guy's uh, <laughs> whole religion? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. Well, okay. Uh, go ahead. Because we, we, you know, there's always we haven't, we haven't covered, you know, the story of uh, uh, modern day evangelical uh, pastors. Because there's been, you know, several articles talking about uh, uh, prosperity gospel. Oh where, yeah. Where you know, you know, if, if God, if you're a good Christian, you should be making lots of money and God wants you to be super prosperous. Um, and health gospel. Yeah. So, so I haven't, um, so religion is one of those things that's so deeply personal that it's, it's almost a no win situation trying to discuss that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's not that I've necessarily been trying to avoid it. It's just, you know, how do you how do you have that conversation in a way that's exploratory and not accusatory? Okay. You understand okay. what I'm saying? I, I bet it. I bet it. You know, so okay. so I don't I don't so Pat I under so Pat Roberts motivation is he has a church and he has a, a prosperous church. And um, he has a following that he has to answer to. Yeah, uh, not to cut you off. It's, it's, I think it's more of a ministry. Does he have an actual church, Leonard? Do you know of? I don't know. I think it's just like a I TV. Said, I haven't, it's a I TV. haven't gotten into him that that much, so I don't know too much about him because, like has I said, the stances he takes is just turn me off. Be involved. I put it like that. Yeah, so so he it's, turned me off too often. So, mm -hmm. so it's hard to um, it's hard to have that conversation um, objectively because um, if sure. you That's say religion. anything, huh? Because it's religion. Because it's religion. If you say anything that doesn't uplift him, then you're against his religious beliefs. Of course. You know, and then if, you know, if you try to uh, critically critique his behavior, so like Leonard said, you know, um, him talking about um, Mrs. Obama's arms and stuff um, in the, so his, his comment was in the political realm and he was making political, he was making political impact yeah. But he was shielding himself by his religious values. So, sure. so how do you then um, uh, get him off of that? How do you then challenge him on his political stance? And then people see that as challenging his politics and not his religion. It's a tough, it's a tough road to hold when you challenge one of these 
especially televangelists with a decent to large following because mm -hmm. they're not separated. You know, their political stance is based on their religion. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, their religion is based on their political stance. Like this guy, John Hege, who was behind John McCain. John McCain wasn't exactly known as a religious person, but he knows in America so many, he knew rather, because he's since passed, that so many people take this religion seriously and they take it into their they taken it to the ballot booth with them. Mm -hmm. And so John McCain went and got some preachers like the John Hege fellow to give him their endorsement. And so with that, they're hoping that all those followers come with him. Well, Hege was the one that said the last storm and hurricane and stuff that hit Minnesota, that hit uh, New Orleans, hit New Orleans because of all the gay people. Well, that's an area of the country that had a whole bunch of people that was lynching people like us because of our skin. They still have a whole bunch of people that's in law enforcement that treat us different, people like us, because of our skin color. But right. you know, they they readily skip that evil to mm. go after someone like by homosexual marriage about gay being gay and not gay and for a lot of those conservative christians that's the big issue with them is homosexuality is uh abortion although you'd be surprised at the number of conservative women that have had their abortions when they were younger and now they up here preaching so loud against it but when they wanted their abortions it was available for them sure yeah, so, so you can't. It's hard to separate guys like that. It's all, it's basically impossible to separate their politics from their religion. I mean, that's that's how we got this so-called moral majority started back in the uh, early to mid seventies. And and then they've got Paul the well um, and people like that. They've got the prayer breakfast that the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. attends. Now, I don't know what the Muslims do, but if we are a, um, a freedom of religion country, then shouldn't they have a breakfast where the Muslim, where he goes and, and recognizes the Muslim religion? Well, <clears throat> I, I don't, I'm not saying we should or we shouldn't, but we all know that Muslims, first of all, are a minority both in numbers and, and the religion uh, uh, is, is a minority. Minority than what? What do you mean, in the country? Yeah. The largest, the largest religion in the world is Muslim. What about in the, I'm talking about in the country. Uh, predominantly um, uh, uh, Christianity is, is, is currently the largest, but it's losing ground. Yeah, it, and I think that's a problem with, with a lot of these conservative Christians. But if you listen to a lot of people, people's rhetoric and their stance, they like to, they like to claim this is a God-fearing Christian country. Mm -hmm, I understand. Even they're not supposed to... Uh, Have a state religion. State religion, 
a lot of people keep holding that up in spite of all the unchristian things that were done, <laughs> you know, to mm -hmm. people in this country. They they keep wanting to hammer out this this is a Christian country. Mm -hmm. And so on the one hand, they want to uphold certain uh, laws or, or behavior to certain standards. And then others, when, you know, when they fail, then they just ignore, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a lot of hypocrisy involved uh, as far as the country and its religion goes. Mm -hmm. I, I think that was the perfect reason for separation of church and state. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just, you know, so, so, you know, the, the, the prayer breakfast and all of that, you know, it's, it's a highly publicized, it's, it's a highly, you know, um, event. It's, it's, it's a big sure. event. And if, and if we are a, a nation that believes in religious freedom and the president attends a prayer breakfast, shouldn't the, the president also attend other religions events just as the prayer breakfast? Well, I definitely don't think they should be excluded. Now, whether they uh, have the opportunity, whether that's been offered, uh, I don't know, but I mean, we all know how a lot of folks would react if right. the Muslim wanted to have, if the president was uh, in front of a bunch of Muslims, by the way, they uh, talked about Barack Hussein Obama, calling him a Muslim as though if he was, he shouldn't be president. Mm -hmm. I understand. What's that? If mm -hmm. he was a Muslim, should he not be able to be president? Uh, you know, I mean, a whole lot of people who have a problem with that. Mitt Romney was going to be, if he got elected, he was going to be the first um, Jehovah, what was it? Mormon. Jehovah Witness? Mor Mormon. 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 He was going to be the first Mormon uh, president. Um, and that wasn't played up. With Not as many of his Muslim had stepped up there. <laughs> so, so Mormon is not, they're a shoot, they're, they're a branch of the Christian faith, aren't they? I really don't know. I mean, offshoot. There's, is it, but, there. but should, but if, if that's the case, then shouldn't, the, if the, if the president attends a Mormon, the Chris, uh, the prayer breakfast, shouldn't they, shouldn't he attend a Mormon breakfast? Shouldn't he attend well, a, a, an Amish breakfast? Included, huh? But you know, you, you're going to have a backlash. Like, I don't know what, if anything other than Christian religion, steps into the limelight as far as the uh government goes or are people of important stature okay yeah it's it's like you know look at um take minister farrakhan for example oh yeah if if president if the president sat down and had a conversation with him imagine the reaction <laughs> I, and, and I understand that. And that's why I'm asking the question. So we're, it's okay. We're okay with the prayer breakfast. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're okay with the president rec being recognized for religion as long as it's Christian. Exactly. So what we're trying to, so what the Christians are trying to do in this country is make this a Christian country 
and not a freedom of religion country. They don't want freedom of religion. They want freedom of Christianity. Exactly. We all know that. Well, that's what they want, but like the discussion I've had to have with my wife, when they came here and they made the rules, uh, made the law some of freedom of religion, and the Second Amendment, uh, the First Amendment also offers you freedom not to pass any religion, not to practice any religion. When you did that, you can't just say it's all Christianity and everybody else go to hell. Okay, you made that religious freedom was open for everybody. It was open for everybody. And think about the people that came here originally from Europe. They wanted to get out because they were being oppressed, religiously speaking. They wanted to have their freedom come out and be and be and, and, and practice this religion, okay? Mm-hmm. So so like Warren said, there's there's just on the religious front, there's a lot of hypocrisy that goes on in America. And like for me, I remember the presidential election where John McCain was running against Barack Obama. And McCain, he he was at home with these so-called town hall forums uh type of debate and and, and addressing the people. And there was this old white lady kept saying Barack Obama is a Muslim. He is. And John McCain took the microphone from her and say, no, he's not a Muslim. He's a Christian. We just have different views on taking care of America, how to make America better. But he's a good man. And I won't let you sit here and just lie on him like that. And I and understand that. Even though, even though politically I disagree with John McCain, but that instance gave me a lot of respect for him because she, she was just willing to say, oh, he a Muslim. He's just a Muslim. And but, he, but took, he the, said, no, that's not it. But He's should a Christian. The, but should the president's religious preferences be an open part of a conversation? The way I would answer that is whether they should or shouldn't, they are. Because the voters have I made can't. that okay, so the voters have made that a part. The voters have made that a part of the okay. argument. So, so in order that, that in order for that to change, voters, we have to examine. And 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 the statement that whether it whether uh, it should or shouldn't, it is, says mm-hmm. that we'll keep things the exact same, that we won't make the change, that we won't progress. And that, so I'm asking, should we progress? That's the question. Should we progress? Yes, absolutely. We should progress. And so what does progress look like? Does it, does it, does the president's, uh, religious, um, value system then become a campaign father? Mm-hmm. Until the voters don't make it campaign fire, right. it will be. Should we be able to get to the point where we say 
you have your religious belief, I have mine, and everybody do. Well, how do we get what there? What they do, as long as you're. How do we get there? Huh? How do we get there? How do we get to it's the point? It's going to be individual. Okay. How we're going to get there is mm-hmm. individual voters determining this how we are. As long as there's a group of people that's going to say, oh, he's not a Christian. We're not going to vote for him unless he carries the American flag, unless he goes around a Bible thumbs. You, got, you still got a whole bunch of people that's willing to make that an issue for a president. Right. And and so in order for it to stop being an issue, uh-huh. in order for it to stop being an issue, there have to be a whole lot of people that say, um, we're not going to make that an issue. I think that's part of what I have to happen. Okay. It might even take a guy to say, no, I'm not a Christian. I'm not this. I'm not that. But here's what I can do for you as your president. And it's going to have to be more voters that accept that. Then not. righty. So that's that's we're gonna wrap things up. That was the end of the episode. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed. Uh, can, your I, time. can I add one one final thought on that? Absolutely. Everybody get a one final thought, and we can get out of here because we are running over. The problem with religion in government and politics, to me, uh, narrows down to more so the image of the religion and things that are done under uh, the religion or by people involved in religion. For example. Okay, you, now you, you're running that too long. Make it five seconds and short. Make it five seconds and short I'll, so we can get out of here. I'll leave it at that, 9 okay. Five seconds, 30 seconds, Leonard. You got 30 seconds you want to say something? I, the last thing I said, yeah, I'll did it. stand at that. Very good. I want to thank everybody for joining me. We will be back on January the 16th. Make sure you join us then. We, we have enjoyed doing the show for you, and we look forward to next season. Episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.